0: If uh, you've got your Bible, and I hope you do, open with me to Acts chapter 5. We are in a series looking at what it means to be an Acts 2 kind of church. Because in in the spring, we built up to Pentecost Sunday, and the Holy Spirit comes, and then this early church has to walk out. How do we live? How do we follow God? How do we be all that God has called us to be? without Jesus being right there physically. And so we've been looking at what does it mean to be this kind of church. We've talked about how to be a praying church, a courageous church, a a together church. And this morning we're looking at what it means to be an honest church. And I know in a room this size, plus however many are online, I know none of you have ever told a lie. I get it. But I have, and I want to out myself, with, with this story, this is actually the first, uh, the first time I really ever get remember getting in trouble, like bad trouble. I'm looking this way because my mom's over here. like bad trouble, not like getting spanked and turning around and be like, "That doesn't hurt, because, you know you got to brag about things. But like actual, like grounded. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, uh, I you know they would send our progress reports and our report cards home with us. So just pause one sec all right so back in the day we didn't have the internet where the stuff just got emailed and everything like we had, we had to like literally carry it to them and they had to sign it it was it was horrible so i had to carry my progress report home to my mom now my grades were all good but my teacher felt like she should be honest so she added a line and said i got a d in an english test totally unnecessary i felt like, the grade itself in the class was good. She didn't need to highlight this point. But I had to bring it home and get it signed and bring it back. Now, in this season, Whiteout was also doing some amazing things. <laughs> that, was like, that was like school supply. Like, you had Whiteout in your desk. So I just real quickly just... Just just one little strip of whiteout across that progress report. Thought I'd be fine. Brought it home. Mom signed it. None the wiser. Not a big deal. I thought I had gotten away with it. I thought they would write movies about how smooth of a criminal I was. <laughs> Except the teacher remembered she did not use whiteout on the progress report. <laughs> Who knew? Now, to make matters worse... The teacher also lived in my neighborhood. So when she discovered this, that afternoon after I turned in my signed progress report, rather than calling home or sending me home with a different note, she walked down the road and she came to our house. And so my mom opened the door and, and, uh, and, and they had a conversation at the, at the little entryway of our house. About my usage of whiteouts, and I did not get away with it. And uh, for the rest of the year, anytime any paper went home with whiteout, she would initial that she had whited out whatever. I don't know why she's whiting out so much stuff on paper, but I clearly remember her initialing, and I was not allowed to use whiteout again. That was that was the end of my whiteout career. I get, like I said, I know you don't ever struggle with honesty and and telling the truth, but there are times where some of us do, and in in Acts chapter 5, we're going to see one of these stories. We're actually going to start at the end of chapter 4 here, because remember, as the Bible is written, it doesn't have these chapter divisions, it doesn't have the headers here, and so it's really important to see what's happening in the story. And the end of Acts 4 is just like the end of Acts 2, which we preached through a few weeks ago, where God is doing amazing things, the people are being really generous, and and Acts 4 says that nobody in the community is in need, because people are being so generous to give and provide, and this, we're talking about a new church of thousands and thousands of people at this point there's more than 10,000 people who have come to Christ in the last few weeks or months or however long it's been because as it lists numbers usually it says 5,000 men that means there's other people coming to Christ as well ladies and kids at the end of uh, chapter 4 verse 36 Joseph a Levite from Cyprus, Cyprus whom the apostles called Barnabas which means son of encouragement, Joseph sold a field he owned, brought the money, and put it at the apostles' feet. This isn't normal in the early church. This is a moment of extravagant generosity. And the church takes note. People see this. Barnabas goes on throughout the book of Acts to go on missions. He travels with Paul. He's a well-known person throughout the early church after some of these early moments. Go to chapter 5. People notice. They see what happens. So, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself and brought the rest of it and put it at the apostles' feet. No problem here. No issue in this moment except for the fact that... That he's doing this to try to be the same as Barnabas. He's not saying, hey, Peter, I sold a property. I had some bills, so I used some of it. But here, you, the Lord has spoke to me. I want to give you something. I want to give you a blessing. No, no. know. He's coming to Peter and saying, Peter, listen. Here, we sold a piece of property. Here's everything, everything that we got for this. And he's going to lie. Here and so, verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Look at this. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? Did it? What's the answer? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You got it. Don't be afraid. You got it. Yes. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Yes. Yes. His own choices here. But... What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but to God. What's happened here is Ananias and Sapphira have tried to buy God off. They've tried to buy the favor of the church. They've tried to say, we have seen what Barnabas received, and so we want to make ourselves look good in the same moment. They've bought the lie that they can take a shortcut to looking better. They can take a shortcut to growing in faith or that they could buy their way into being a better Christian, if you will. And there are no shortcuts in faith. There are no quick steps to impressing God. He says, you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who had heard what had happened. And then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. Now, this seems really harsh. This seems like a pretty strong response from God, right? If you're honest, that's a, this is a difficult chapter to deal with. It's a difficult story to deal with because Ananias just like, God, really just this one moment and it's the cost of his life. And that seems difficult, but the reality is, as much as our culture doesn't want this to be the case, our choices have consequences. Sin has consequences. When I do something wrong, I pay the price. Sometimes the price is no more white out for you. Okay, not a big deal. We don't struggle with this. Sometimes the price is that's going to cost you your life. That's a little bit more difficult to deal with. But sin always has consequences. Whether whether it is immediate or whether you're going to pay the consequences for the next 60 years till you pass away in hospice, sin always has consequences. Now you could look at these verses and say, it's not fair that God would respond this way, but the reality is that God is the creator, that God is the one who set the world in motion so he is the one who gets to set the rules on this is how the world will work. When you create, you get to dictate what comes next and how things are going to go. This is a problem if you want to live out like a a morally relevant lifestyle. This is a problem. Because when you try to take those steps to say, well, we're just going to do whatever everybody says is moral. Everybody has a differing opinion. And you can't nail down what is moral outside of God because even that thought has to come from somewhere. And you can't evolve into a morality. You only get to morality by having a God who creates and leads you into it, right? Me losing white out, not a huge deal. There's a, uh, a place up in Orlando that my wife and I will stop at if we're up there going to the outlet malls or, or something like that. Uh, there is a gas station that has a restaurant attached to it. Like, it, they're the same building, and if you go to the restaurant and need to go to the bathroom, you go into the gas station, and I know it sounds weird, but these are some of the best tacos you're going to go get, all right? And if you are judging the gas station food, sorry, maybe you need to expand your horizons and find some better stuff. I'm just saying, sometimes there's good food there, all right? So, we love it. If we're up there, we're going to go swing by Mexus Tacos and, and get some really good tacos. And it's attached to a gas station. And one time, we were low on gas. And, and so, we went to get gas. Saw on, I saw I read on the LCD screen that it said $7.99 per gallon and I was like surely that's a typo. That's not actually right. So I started filling up intending to pay attention but we started talking and uh, you know I I tend to get distracted a little bit so I didn't pay attention until the gas thing clicked. And I looked back at the screen and realized I just bought the most expensive tacos I had ever gotten because that gas bill was well over a hundred bucks. Because it was $8 a gallon And I went in and you know I'm going to complain because I like to complain It didn't do any good That's what the price was Is that okay? No? It, maybe it was listed right? Morality starts to break down the, the more you push in To these things You go to adultery There's no laws here Is it okay? We would say no But in some cultures it's not a big deal Morality needs to happen within the context of a creator God. And so God steps in in this moment and says, Ananias, what you have done is not acceptable. And he falls over dead. And this is not actually a problem. This is the justice of God because God is holy. God is pure. God has no sin in him. And so something... A God who has no sin cannot be connected with or tied to sin and evil. It doesn't work, right? Evil would contaminate. So in this moment, when God steps in and Ananias drops down dead, that is the justice of God at work. Now, I know we started with a bit of sarcasm, okay? There's at least two other people in this room who have lied. Not just me, okay? But what I am sure of is that nobody in this room has ever dropped dead after lying. Everybody's still alive in here, so we're good. Okay, the reason that I am sure of that, or the reason that that works, is grace. Amen. Okay, so here's, here's the thing about Acts 5 and Ananias and Sapphira, is what happened there to Ananias, that's not the exception. That's not the weird story in that like, we look at it and like, wow, that's crazy because that's never happened to anybody else. The reality is, when you and I sin, that's what should happen immediately. The exception to the rule, the crazy part of the story is the fact that we're all still here breathing. Amen. The, the part of the story that makes no sense is that God has allowed grace to lead out in our lives, even when we take all the goodness that he has for us and we distort it and ruin it and just make a mockery of it. Now, I'm glad we sang that, that repetitive song at the end of worship. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I've just sung another song because we have these moments where it's just... Listen, if we're honest, sometimes it's a lot of work to follow God. Now, this, this, uh, this Acts chapter 5 story, Peter is at the center there. And, and I want to go to a, another section of scripture that Peter writes. Later on in life, he writes. Now, it's not directly linked to Ananias and Sapphira, but I couldn't help not going here today. In First Peter chapter 1, if you want to go there with me. Peter talks about what it takes to follow God. And he says this, as obedient, this is verse 14, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. This is the call of faith. This is what it means to be a Christian. Somebody who's following Jesus, I'm going to be holy, I'm going to live to the best of my abilities, the same as Jesus did. I have fallen short of this by more than a little bit, but so has the rest of us. We we fall short of this, but Peter says, be holy as God is holy. Now I said, it's a lot of work. And, and it is. Look, at, look again at verse 14. He says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So I want to give you a picture of what that looks like. Okay? Now, I, I told you I would give you an example of this, all right? How many of you are, at, let's do it this way. How many of you in this room are not from Florida? Raise your hand. My, I'm raising my hand, not included. On, see, none of us are actually from here. So here's what happens, all right? I wonder how many of you have the same story. When you fi- your family decided you were going to move to Florida, you come down here to visit first, right? You take a week, and you stay at the beach, or near the beach, and then you drive to that far-off place that the realtor said isn't far, to Cape Coral. <laughs> Sorry, realtors. Oh, no, it's just just over the bridge, Sure, sure, sure. You drive to Cape Coral, but you stay at the beach. You go to the beach, Publix, and you stock up for the hotel, and you get all the supplies you're going to need. And Publix is brilliant, because when you walk in the Publix, really any of them, you go to the Cape Coral Publix right down here. And when you walk in, what do you see, especially during summer? You see an entire display of floats and other things that you're going to need at the beach if you brought your kids or your grandkids, and you leave Publix with one of these. You're laughing because you've all done it. We've all done it. You gotta get the boogie board, because it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna go to the beach, and the kids, they're just gonna be out, and riding the waves, and they're gonna have a blast, and then you get out there, and these waves don't actually move this thing at all. It doesn't work. It doesn't, what it, here's what it doesn't do. It doesn't bring you from out there in to where the parents are. No, what it does is you kind of flop around on it and roll, and then you look up, and you're 30 feet that way. Yeah. And you do it again because you're a kid, and you're like, I'm not that far away. And then you look up, and you're 100 feet away, and you don't know where your parents are, and you've got to get out and figure it out. Walk back and try again because there's a current in the water and that current always pulls you away from where your parents are it's just what it does it's just gonna pull you away when you're on the boogie board and that same current is at work in your life and my life today even if we're not in the water Peter said, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. The way that you lived before you knew God, that will always be a pull in our life. That will always be a way that the enemy tries to pull us away from what God is doing and pull us into something else, into something evil, into his schemes and his direction, right? Acts 5, Ananias was tempted and led by Satan, to do this thing that he and his wife did, to lie to the church. That wasn't their own design. That was the pull of the world around them through Satan. That was what pulled them away from God. They got drugged out. And Peter says, don't give in to this side of life. Instead, do all you can to be holy just as God was holy. We're given a picture of what our lives should look like in the life of Jesus, and in the calling that God has placed on each of us, right? Not only does he dictate what is moral and right, but he dictates what we should walk after, who we should be, how we should live. Peter says, be holy just as God is holy. But then he carries on, and I'm going to jump down a few verses in verse 19, he says, but with the, pl- uh, let, me, let me start in 18. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. That's this. That just kind of drifting along in life, just kind of slowly going with what everything else is doing, that's never going to lead you closer to God. Right? You, don't, you don't accidentally become more spiritual in life. Much in the same way that if you just kind of eat whatever's around you, you don't accidentally become healthier. It takes effort to get healthy. It's called a diet. Nobody ever wants to do them. They're no fun. Okay? We all know that. But if you want to be healthy, you've got to put in some work. It's going to take some effort. And if I want to grow in my relationship with God, if I want to be holy as God is holy, then it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. Eugene Peterson called it a long obedience in the same direction. That following God requires a long obedience, a consistency that I'm going to step into all that he has, every choice I make, every decision that I make. And Peter says, you know that it's not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you are redeemed. I'm not saying he's thinking about Ananias and Sapphira. I'm just saying it might line up a little bit. Right? What Ananias and Sapphira tried to do in trying to buy this redemption, trying to buy the favor of the church, was never going to work. Because they could have never given enough. What they needed was verse 19 but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. You know what those words mean? They mean grace. That as Peter calls us to be holy, as God is holy, he also recognizes and realizes that's impossible. We'll never make it. We'll never do it. The current around us is just too difficult. And it takes effort. And if you've been around humans for long, you know we're lazy. Sometimes we just don't want to put in the effort. So we need grace. Sometimes it's difficult to take the steps to follow after God. And so we need His grace in those moments. And what I love is that His grace encourages us to carry on. Everybody loves a good movie reference from 25 years ago. Some of you may remember or may still have on DVD somewhere in a box in your attic, a copy of As Good As It Gets. And, and in that movie, uh, towards the end... Jack Nicholson's on this date with Helen Hunt and his eyebrows are going all kind of crazy as he's trying to tell her how much he cares about her. And the line out of the movie that has always resonated with the culture was he looks at her and he fumbles through trying to explain how he cares and he screws it up and then he, he just, you make me want to be a better man is what he tells her. And it, it was a whole thing back in the late 90s when this was actually relevant but I, don't, I couldn't find a better example so we roll with it he says you make me want to be a better man and this is what grace does in our lives right? we're called to be holy as God is holy we fail and God rather than responding with wrath and punishment like what happened in Acts 5 like which is what we deserve and have earned on our own merits rather than responding that way. He provides his son. Verse 21 of 1 Peter 1, through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and hope are in God. He provides his son, he provides grace and says, all right, get up, let's do better this time. And grace begins to be at work. Hopefully, leading you to become a better man or a better woman. There are two options. We can respond to grace or we can respond in fear. In Acts 5, after Ananias falls down and dies, uh, verse 6, verse 5, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then they bury Ananias. Ananias. Peter had had this word of knowledge, and now this fear starts to spread. What's really interesting here is that God gives Peter some words, gives Peter some clarity, gives Peter some insight, but Satan, who's leading Ananias and Sapphira, he's now silent. Right after he causes the problem, he abandons Sapphira. Because look, in verse 7, about three hours later, his wife, Ananias' wife Sapphira, came in not knowing what had happened. Satan doesn't give her any hints. He doesn't give her any clues. Peter asked her, "'Tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land?' "'Yes.' She said, "'That is the price.' Peter said to her, "'How could you conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord? "'Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, "'and they will carry you out also.' And at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband.' Great fear sees the whole church and all who heard about those events. There are two ways to motivate people in life. You can use fear or you can use good things. Grace. Now in this moment, fear starts to kind of motivate the church a little bit. All right, we've got to tighten up. We've got to be aware of the fact that God is at work. God is holy. Now sometimes this is good. When I came, started coming back around to, to faith and we started attending this church when I was in high school, um, I, mom, earmuffs, I, I, I was working through some addictions to porn. And it was, I was trying to find freedom. And, and what happened was, I got some fear in me about God and about words of knowledge. And I became convinced that if I screwed up, And I went back into the way that I used to live and started looking at the things that I used to look at, I was convinced, convinced that God would give a word of knowledge to Pastor Jamie. And he'd come knock on my door and say, like, hey, man, what you you been doing? I was convinced that this was going to happen. I didn't, uh, but... The Holy Spirit kept at work. You could try to live out of fear, and fear can be a good thing. It can motivate you to make changes. It has helped, but it will never be the only thing that keeps you out of sin. Fear will never be the only thing that stops you from making that choice. It'll never be the only thing that keeps you in line. You have to have something better, something greater. It's what Ananias and Sapphira didn't get to experience. Because they conspired in this moment. And my belief is that they had had some moments with the Holy Spirit before they got to Peter. I believe, I can't prove it to you, it's not in those verses we just read, but I believe that before they got there, the Holy Spirit had already stopped them and said, no, don't do this, don't go, you are on the wrong path. They they had already had some shots at grace, and they didn't take it. They wanted, no matter what, To have this moment to earn, by what they were doing, the love of the people around them. And by what they did, choosing to try to look good, instead of just being honest, they actually cut themselves off from the grace that God had for them. Around here, we use the phrase being ugly, right? That means to be honest and raw and real, even if it's the fact that I've got flaws and struggles and I'm just not going to do it perfectly all the time. It's okay to be ugly because this is an honest church, not a hiding church. We don't hide our sin. Because when you hide your sin, you cut yourself off from the grace that God so willingly gives to us in his son through his death, through that communion that we took earlier. There is nothing better for us to get to receive than his grace. And you could never, as Peter said, you could never give enough gold or silver or have enough wisdom or look good enough or be witty enough to earn the love and affection of God. You might be able to buy that from other people, but you will never trick God into loving you anymore then he will willingly love you on his own. Amen. Even right now, wherever your life is at, whatever sins, whatever hidden things, whatever issues of the past have con- continued to kind of drag you away, if you will, have pulled, continued to pull you away from God, he still looks at you with grace to say, let's start over let's take some new steps hear those words from first peter one as obedient children don't go back into your old ways of life instead step into the grace that god has for you to be holy as he is holy but that only comes with honesty if we try to hide it, if we try to keep it a secret, if we try to keep our issues a secret, if we try to, to manipulate the situation around us, if we try to make ourselves look better than we actually are, then we will always make things worse. It's just what humans do. But God responds in grace. It's a better way to go. And even though it can feel difficult in the moment his grace is actually going to be the best thing to walk into it takes some effort scary to be honest at times right when we close we'll have people up at the cross to pray and maybe you're struggling with something hidden something secret it will be hard to stand up and walk up there and ask for prayer but it will be the most freeing walk you ever take because you'll find grace with our prayer team. We'll hug you and love on you and pray for God to break off addictions and strongholds. And you'll see God begin to be at work in your life in a way that you never could have imagined. Secret sins can make you so sick and so delusional that you can't see a way forward. That's where Ananias and Sapphira were. This is the only way that we can get the attention that we want. And they stepped out into sin when God had much more for them. Don't follow their same path. Instead, find His grace even this morning.